Welcome to my podcast, Worlds Collide. I'm the host of the show, Victoria Daute, and I talk with my international guests here in the show about the experiences they made in their new country versus their home country. Hey, um, my guest in today's episode is Erica. And after moving around for a little bit, she ended up in Bali. Let's find out what her journey was and what her life is like in this wonderful place. And also on a side note, Erica has her own podcast. It's called Self-Help Junkie. And of course, you can find it wherever you listen to podcasts. All right, here it goes. Hi, Erica. Thank you for being on my podcast. How are you today? I'm doing really well. I actually recorded an episode of my own podcast this morning, so okay. I have to hand over the reins and let you host today. <laughs> <laughs> so you're already in the flow. Yes, definitely. <laughs> okay, cool. So um, where are you calling from? I am calling today from Indonesia, so I'm on the island of Bali, and most people know it as a tourist destination, but mm -hmm. I've actually been living here for three, four years now. Oh, wow. Are you, um, do you live by the beach? I live like 500 meters from the beach, but my boyfriend and I have been joking. We're like, we haven't seen the actual beach in months. Like, oh, really? we're not beach people. <laughs> okay. But hey, you would have the possibility to just go. Of course. It's nice to have that option. We're looking at other houses right now. And we're like, we want to be close to the beach. And we're like, why? Like, we never go. It's just nice to have it close. Yeah, yeah for sure. And where are you from originally? I'm from Vancouver, Canada. But I've been away for nine years at this okay. point. So why or what brought you to Bali? Well, my journey is a bit roundabout. I didn't end up here straight from Vancouver. I started off um, in South Korea. I finished my degree in chemistry mm -hmm. and I didn't know what I wanted to do with my life. I knew I didn't want to be in a lab anymore because okay. it's very isolating mm. <laughs> um, and you don't get to talk to people. So I went over to South Korea to go teach English and be able to travel for a year turned into two and a half years because I loved it so much. Mm -hmm. And then when I was done with Korea, the company was actually expanding over to Vietnam. So they brought me over as like an HR operations manager. Okay. Yeah. And I was in way over my head. It was a great learning experience, uh -huh. but also um, not the best working environment. So after that experience, I decided that I wanted to work for myself and do something that I was passionate about mm -hmm. because – The company that I was working for, they the values just weren't aligned with my own. Mm -hmm. And I found more and more that money meant less to me than having a purpose-driven yeah, life. Yeah, um, yeah. And that's how I ended up in Bali. I was only going to be here for a month because I didn't know where I wanted to be next. Mm -hmm. And I fell in love with the community here. Oh, okay. And how did you manage to stay? So I got a online job freelancing uh, for an agency. Uh, it kind of brought the two things that I loved from my last previous job. So that was teaching and then developing people into leadership positions. Mm -hmm. um, like in my HR operations job, um, I did a lot of that. So I actually work with a lot of people from Meta, Google, mm -hmm. Netflix, and 
I coached them through communication. And then once I started getting some traction there, I decided, hey, I should do this on my own. So I started my own business. I've incorporated in Indonesia. So that's how I'm able to stay here. Oh, wow. That's pretty impressive. That's cool. And how long, how long are you doing this now? Uh, communication coaching in general, like three, four years, okay. so about the time that I've been in Bali. Oh, right. um, yeah. That's pretty, pretty nice. And have you always lived in the same spot? I've moved around um, not too far from here, like maybe 30 minutes around this area, okay. but I've really settled in and I, I like this area specifically. Yeah. How would you describe when you first moved to Bali? Like, what were the biggest differences to you, like, culturally? I think the biggest shift was moving from Canada to South Korea. Sure, that right. was already... Mm -hmm, right, so I've gotten more used to Asian culture. I think what differentiated Indonesia from other places in Asia that I've lived in is probably the religious aspect. Uh, Korea oh. is very Christian, but it, like they, it's in the confines of the church. You don't really see it outside. Yeah. Uh, Vietnam, just religion wasn't really prominent. Um, mm -hmm. Here, it's a lot of Hindu. So mm -hmm. the spiritual aspect, like you, you've heard of Eat, Pray, Love, um, yeah, people all come here for that spiritual experience. Oh, and I did not know this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So up in Ubud is where everyone goes for like yoga retreats and you go to like sound heal and do a lot of the spiritual stuff. Uh -huh. But the Indonesian people um, are also very spiritual. There's always some sort of ceremony going on. Like they mm -hmm. will close down an entire busy road and just have a wedding or like have some sort of ceremony where there there's like hundreds of people walking down to the beach to pray to their spirits. Okay. Um, and then the one that was the most shocking to me is called Nyepi. So on this day, they close everything down. Like you're not allowed to go outside of your house. You're not supposed to use electricity. You're supposed to fast. And the international airport closes down oh this is the first time i've heard of an international oh, airport wow. closing down and it's it's only on the island of bali the rest of indonesia mm. is very muslim so they they don't care I but see. here in bali yeah very unique culture oh wow was that in the beginning or not necessarily in the beginning do you think if those big ceremonies happen is it like really nice or are you kind of annoyed by it because it's, it's maybe sometimes <laughs> in the way of oh for sure it yeah a hundred percent gets in the way and yeah. there's no notice right they don't send out a message to everyone like hey these roads are going to be closed down you just are on your way to meet a friend or like to a meeting and you're like why is there no movement in this okay. entire mm -hmm. road because all the roads are really small it's hard for two cars to pass on a lot of these roads so if they close down like that's it. <laughs> you can't yeah. really do anything about it. So I think in the beginning, I am much more of a, I'm from Vancouver, right? So we're, it's very much like we're getting to A to B. We're not smelling the roses <laughs> along yeah, yeah, the way. Yeah. Uh -huh. So I've had to learn that over my time here. So 
Would you also say that the culture is more easygoing versus? A hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think in general, the warmer the place, the more chill uh-huh. people are. <laughs> yeah. Um, I first experienced this in Vietnam where you see people just out at a coffee shop for three, four hours. And I'm like, don't you have a job? Like, yeah, <laughs> isn't your boss going to be worried about you? But their idea of a good life is time spent with community. Yeah. And I think that is one of the things that I've appreciated most living mm-hmm. abroad is that sense of community. That Yeah. That's why you decided to stay in Bali. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah, I think the, especially having lived abroad, um, you make friends so much faster with other expats because mm-hmm. they don't have the same, like same set of friends uh, since high school. So yeah. their schedules are much more free. They don't have really family obligations. Yeah. So you can be like, hey, you want lunch in 20 minutes? And most people will be like, yeah, sure. So you have a lot more freedom with time. Um, and that makes much easier to make community and mm-hmm. build those really quickly. Yeah. And how, how did you manage to make friends in uh, Bali? Yeah. So funny. I arrived here. It was like the third day I'd been here. And I was like, you know, I don't know if this is my space. And mm-hmm. I was sitting at a restaurant and two guys sat two tables over from me. And they were like, hey, have you ever been here before? Do you recommend anything? I said, no. And then we just started talking. And Mm -hmm. this has happened over and over again, where you're at a yoga class and you're just like, hey, do you live here? And they're like, yeah. Hey, we both like this restaurant. Why don't we go after a yoga class and have lunch? And then you become friends. Um, Yeah. I mean, our listeners, I mean, if they just listen, they cannot see your face. So you are Asian. Yes. Yes. So um, do people assume that you are sometimes a native? I, it depends on who. So foreigners usually can pick out that I'm not Indonesian. Uh Um, I think most people can either guess that I'm like Chinese, Japanese, something that's Mm -hmm. not Indonesian. Um, And I think the way that I dress is also quite Western. So they can Mm -hmm. pick that out. But Indonesian people, like when I go into a a local store, they just start speaking to me. And usually like I get some good discounts because of it. Because (laughs) when you're in a country that's so homogeneous, this happened to me in Korea. It happened to me in Vietnam where they – just they're like one of us, like you are Asian. So you must be our type of Asian because most countries uh, outside of the United States and the UK is like 98% homogeneous. So they're like Uh one of us. Um, So that's worked to my advantage a lot of times, but it does get frustrating because they get disappointed. They're like, you don't speak our language. I'm like, I'm not your people. Like (laughs) I'm Chinese. You could be disappointed in me if I'm Chinese. (laughs) Right. Um, do other people get confused too, like in the work environment sometimes? Um, I work with a lot of people in with an Asian background. Okay. And so my specialty with communication is cultural barriers, which is, oh. I, I think, having lived abroad for so long and working in very helpful. different cultures, it's been very helpful mm-hmm. to frame different concepts and be like, because I worked in education in South Korea, I was like, oh, this is how they taught English versus how I was taught in Canada. I can see why you uh-huh. have a different perception when you're 
talking to each other. Um, mm -hmm. So yeah, that's, that's kind of where it comes from. Um, I have had to feel like I've had to prove myself because I'm Asian, female, I look younger than my actual mm -hmm. age. And I've gotten a lot of experience that um, maybe it takes longer if you're going about it the straightforward route, like if you just graduate sure. and work in a Canadian company. Sure. Yeah. Yes. But I mean, I guess I'm kind of used to it at this point and I have nothing right. to compare uh -huh. it to. So, yeah. And since you moved away from home, how often do you visit? So I usually go back every other year. My parents usually come to visit me on the years oh, that I don't. Oh, nice. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And it's been nice for them to kind of experience my life and get a glimpse into how I'm living. And I think it also makes them a little bit more relaxed because they're like, okay, she's eating. <laughs> she's got vegetables. She's good. <laughs> she's, she's living a comfortable life. She has a roof over her head. Exactly. She has caring yeah. people around her. Um, um, but yeah, yeah, I go back every other year, except since the pandemic. I haven't actually seen sure. my parents yet. I'm a pretty bad daughter. <laughs> um, oh, yeah. But they're coming to visit soon. Um, okay. But yeah, every time I go home, it's a bit of a reverse culture shock. Right. Like, yes. What in particular? Do you have like an example? Yeah, I think... Yeah, there, there's a couple examples. The first one would be that a lot of my friends, because they've only ever lived in our city, um, when I talk about experiences with like cultural differences or how I live my day to day, it's a little bit surprising to them. They're always asking like, oh, what exciting thing are you doing? Like you live in this foreign country. I'm like, I turn on my laptop, I go to work, I yeah. type emails, <laughs> I eat dinner yeah. and then I go to sleep. It's it's wherever yeah, you, you are work, right yeah it's, you're not on vacation no exactly yeah but exactly yeah but they imagine that um, that's i know it's uh, my brother always thought that too like when that was when before we moved to texas when uh, when we still lived in california i don't know they they thought like we're on the beach the whole time <laughs> or like driving on the one Surfing. and like <laughs> yeah <laughs> like all this like touristy stuff right. we're like no we're like usually work all the time we don't do these we have traffic all the time. like it's the yes. same everywhere you go um yes no we're having jobs sorry <laughs> it's not what you think it is exactly um but i think that's a big one and then the other one is that i see so many of my friends doing the same things like graduating get a job climb the corporate ladder get a mortgage get married and I've deviated off that path and mm -hmm. sometimes it's hard if they're talking about their mortgage all the time I'm like I have nothing to relate to you but I did this okay. cool thing where I like I go to the gym every day and I tried these new activities and they can't relate to that because they're like how do right. you have time mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm trying uh -huh. to pay off my house um, <laughs> so there's some distance there but I have a couple friends that I keep in touch with regularly and they're the people who've mm -hmm. also like moved away for college or um, travel internationally so they can relate a little bit more to my life yeah you have a little bit more in common exactly mm -hmm. yeah that uh, it's easier to keep the conversation yeah. going kind of right and I think that's a big thing with the expat community is we all have that same understanding um, and we're missing that back home so it's much easier to make friends 
whereas some of the friends that I know, they have kept in contact with their high school friends and they have nothing in common with them other than their shared background. So I get to like talk philosophy or self-help or um, like my personal interests rather than just built on um, just a lifelong friendship. Or somehow like you're friends with like somebody who is 20 years older than you but it's just because you have like kind of the same path for sure for sure and there's also lots of variety in there right like we have certain things in common but there are people who are completely out of left field and other aspects so it does keep it interesting um would you ever consider moving back though (laughs) i it's difficult (laughs) I think after living abroad, I can't really imagine moving back to North mm-hmm. America. I think that great school system, I think it's a great place to raise kids, but that's not the life that I envisioned for myself. I don't think I'll have mm-hmm. kids in the future. So mm-hmm. being able to travel, living in countries that are less expensive and having community, because a lot of my friends back home, they complain about not being able to meet friends. They're like, We want to have dinner together. Are you free for Thursday from today? (laughs) Or (laughs) And then (laughs) something else comes up and it's just so hard to meet up. And if you don't, if you're not thinking about building a family, you need to build community. And part of that is just availability. Who else is living that lifestyle with you? Yeah. Yeah. So more like a no. <laughs> more no. I think my parents will be disappointed to hear that. Yeah. <laughs> It's also Vancouver is such high housing prices. And I think Vancouver mm-hmm. would be the only place I'd consider moving back to because it's where my family is. I would yeah, love to course. spend more time with them. Yeah. And is there anything that you really miss? From- hmm. I mean, family and friends. Definitely. Mm -hmm. Like a lot of my cousins who are around the same age as me right now, they're starting to get married. They're having babies. And I want to be the cool aunt and like take the kids out and like knit them sweaters and stuff. But, (laughs) and my sister is engaged now and she's thinking of starting a family. So I think that's when it's going to hurt a little bit more, not being. Yeah. I kind of missing out Mm -hmm. for sure. Um, But in terms of food, Bali has a lot of Western food, so it's really easy to mm-hmm. do that. Um, yeah, not really. I, I like the li- life that I live here. And yeah. I think I missed it more when it was early on in my travels, but eight, nine years. I've spent my entire right. adult life abroad, so yeah, it's hard to think back because I was a teenager when I was back home. Yeah, how old were you when you left? I was 23, so I just graduated okay. university. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's still pretty young. Yeah, still yeah. forming my mind. So is there anything that, oh, I'm sure there is, but what would you say is way better in Bali? Hmm. I think what we've already talked about, like the the community, but the weather so oh, Vancouver yes. is such a rainy <laughs> city. I remember yeah. months where I would not see the sun and see it after 30 days. I was like, oh, yeah, 
that's what the sun looks like. (laughs) And I always thought that I was fine in Vancouver until I came to Bali and it's just sunshine every day. And I was like, oh, this is what it's like to get enough vitamin D to be happy. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm pretty sure I had seasonal depression in Vancouver, but that was my entire life. So I didn't know any different. Maybe you wouldn't be able to relate because you were in California and now Texas. Uh, have you ever lived? Oh in yeah, a place I'm happy without? when. Uh, I mean, I'm from Germany, so mm. it's um, it's it. uh, also four seasons and right. a lot of rainy days right. for sure. Right. But um, I here now because the sun is out all the time and it's just hot and humid. Right. I. I'm always happy when it's not sunny. <laughs> you know, I'm like, I'm like happy when there is when right. there are clouds in the sky. <laughs> there's there's a happy medium. I do have to spend like afternoons inside because it gets way too hot, hot too. otherwise. Yeah. But we recently, my boyfriend and I went to Europe for a vacation for thirty days, and yeah. we were like, oh no, we don't have jackets we don't have pants like it was so weird seeing each other like I always see his arms he's either in a short sleeve or a tank I'm like what are you hiding why are you wearing sweaters and like all pulled up he was freezing it was only 16 degrees it was not that cold yeah but when you're not used to it then it's kind of cold and you I think you adjust really fast to temperatures for sure so um so 16 degrees can be really cold if you're not used to it. Yeah. I understand. And um, But do you sometimes miss having no seasons? I, I have. I definitely have thought about missing that. And then I went home for Christmas one year and I was like, I'm over it. I'm like okay. two days of snow maximum. I don't need an entire three, four month period because snow is beautiful. What about fall? Fall, I like the layers. I like the fashion. Mm. I miss like being able to like wear a cardigan and like a scarf, but not enough to be uncomfortable. Like I love being able to walk around in a tank top and shorts all year round. Okay. Um, yeah. It does get chilly. It, like you could use a windbreaker during the rainy season and yeah, it gets chilly at night. It gets down to like 26 degrees. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. It's China. <laughs> I mean, it's 33 today, so oh yeah, here it's relative. Uh-huh. Yeah, but um, it's it's funny. Like I remember in in March we had like the first hot day, mm. and everyone was still wearing like uh, long pants. Yeah. They're like, I'm not ready yet for shorts. It's too early. <laughs> We're not wearing shorts yet because like. Because I know from for me, by the end of the summer, I'm like, I don't want to put these clothes yes. on anymore. I just yeah. want to wear like my, I don't know, my, my fall clothes. You know, right. I want to wear jeans. I guess that's one thing. So when you're living in a place with four seasons, you have different wardrobes, right? Like you have three yeah. wardrobes. Whereas here, I just have the same thing year round and I get bored with my clothes real quick. Mm-hmm. So... What I've done is I will take all the clothes that I'm bored with and like put them in a duffel bag. And then three months later, I open it up. It's like, oh my gosh, all these things fit me and I like them all again. <laughs> so I have to play mind tricks with myself. Yeah, but that's, that works really well. Definitely. It's like, it's like when you find something in your closet, all of a sudden, oh, I forgot about this. Oh, yeah. this is so nice. Like who oh, chose this? this? Was it me? 
they're going shopping. <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but we have, um, at least here, it's um, two seasons. It's like hot and cold. Kind of. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing in between. Uh, that sounds that sounds nice, though. It's not, At least you get a change and... Yeah, a little change, yes. But it's right. just... I'm still like happy when the summer is over. What is cold in Texas like? I'm guessing there's no um, snow except that one year when it kind of got crazy. Oh, we have so when um since we moved here three years ago, we have snow every year. You guys brought but it. The, <laughs> maybe, but when um. But when we moved here, they said like, oh, it's the first snow we had in 25 years. Oh, my God. <laughs> but like now it's like, oh, snow every year. For me, it's normal here. Right. right? But um, but I guess like people just don't know how to handle it. You know, like here it's zero degrees. People freak out. We had one week without electricity. You know, it's like, what the fuck's going on? Yeah. Like, it's just zero or minus one you know it's not even cold and like the electricity cannot handle it right you know, it's right it's ridiculous it's, it was I the same know. in vancouver so i had friends who are from toronto and they have much more extreme winters than vancouver does ah yeah and like vancouver also freaks out like i remember having snow days because there was like three inches of snow and my university was on a mountain so the buses couldn't get up and we're like well uh-huh. i guess we're not going to school <laughs> Yeah. Oh, we had that. Um, we had that opposite. Oh, we had in summer, uh, days off when it was hot. When it was thirty degrees, wow. <laughs> then we had like most cool. <laughs> or, and and here it's like when there's like, there wouldn't be any. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So oh, so I guess it's so different it everywhere. Is, it is. Yeah. So how about the language? Do you speak the language? I speak very basic. So this is what I've done with every country that I've lived in. Um, I know enough to order food. I know enough to tell a taxi driver where to go. But beyond that, um, I have not. And I feel bad. But at the same time, especially in the area that I live in, everyone speaks English. So it's not something that is necessary for my day to day. And even when you do try to speak Bahasa to them, they mm-hmm. respond in English because they're like, this is going to be faster if we just do it in English. And they're pretty good in English. Oh, very good. Yeah. yeah I mean, because I, I think it's just what I know. <laughs> That's not much, but it's very touristy with Australians, oh, yeah. right? Yes. Yes, so if so, you can understand an Australian, you'll be un- able to understand an American <laughs> with that accent. Um, yeah, so I, I just meant like in terms of people communicate in English, even the locals. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. I think the place that actually surprisingly probably had the least amount of English was Korea. Mm-hmm. Uh, even though the population is more educated, they just tend to be very shy with their mm-hmm. English skills. Okay. Their English is good. But they yeah. just, in their education, they know how to read, they know how to write, and they know how to listen really well. But yeah. speaking was never really done in the classroom, so they feel very worried about getting it wrong. Whereas I feel right. like in Vietnam and here in Indonesia, they will make mistakes, but their goal is to connect and to right. share stories. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So they're not embarrassed of making 
Yes. Miss X and the other one. And that is so helpful for language learning. Yeah. And uh, would you say there are other um, big differences between those three countries that you've been to? For sure. So South Korea was the first place I went to, and it's the most westernized. Um, in mm -hmm. terms of development, they had a boom, so a lot of money coming in, and the city planning is amazing. There are pedestrian walkways everywhere. The uh, okay. public transit is amazing. The culture is more nitpicky like they're super efficient if you want to get a passport you can get it in two days you need to oh, wow. do any paperwork bureaucratically it's been the most efficient country that i've been to oh nice yeah that's good <laughs> yeah no that part i love but they're also very judgy i think that comes with like mm. critically thinking about like how to make things most efficient and that's part of the reason why i left is they're very blunt about appearances um so things like when I didn't wear makeup or wore my glasses instead of my contact lenses, my students and even my Korean coworkers would come up to me and be like, you look better with eyeliner. And oh, <laughs> like the female or the male? Females usually. But I've had male students uh -huh. come up to me and be like, oh, you look prettier with like your hair curled. I'm like, oh, thanks. <laughs> and, like I didn't even get the worst of it. I had... There were some younger students who would go up to teachers who were a bit bigger because Koreans tend to be very skinny. They would mm -hmm. go up, put their hand on their stomach and be like, teacher, baby. <gasps> yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. Really? Teaching in Korea, you get a thick skin fast and you learn to uh -huh. either laugh and um, take it or you leave. <laughs> like. There's no oh, you in between. Because you cannot handle it. Right. Yeah. But like the culture permeated down to the kids. Like I had middle school students who were gifted double eyelid surgery for their graduation. So Oh my God. Are you serious? Their parents were like, You will insane. look prettier if you have this. And this doesn't happen in North America, but you attach your picture to your resumes. So if you have two resumes, uh -huh that are exactly the same, but one person's more attractive than the other, the attractive person is more yeah. likely to get the job. So they're thinking, I want my kid to have every leg up in this very right. competitive society. But still, so superficial. For sure. Sure. But we have that in Germany too. Yeah. You apply with the picture. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. I don't know if you still do it, but 10 years ago, for sure you still did it. Right. Yes. I, I'm sure they still do it. For it's, sure. It's shocking. It's normal. <laughs> There, it's normal. I don't know. How do you feel about it as someone who's lived in both places? Um, since I grew up there, for me, that was the normal thing to do. And when I moved here or I went to school here um, and they told me that you not do it, um, they told me that is because of not to be racist, not judging on the appearance right. or the race, but just on the grades. Right, right, right. And... Um, so um yeah for me it was always right, very um right. but i don't know i got it so yeah understandable korea you judge you get judged for other things you get asked what your parents do on your resume and how much they make wait they ask you that on the resume yeah yeah and can you lie <laughs> I, guess I, I mean i guess but like koreans they're very they like to follow the rules mm -hmm. i think like 
the government has a much bigger role to play uh, in the day-to-day lives. I remember when it got really hot one day, I got a text message and I was like, Who, who's texting me in Korean? It, I translated it. It was from the government and they're like, hey, it's really hot. Old people like stay inside or drink water. Uh-huh. <laughs> so they're, they're very much like involved in your day-to-day. Okay. So they're much more obedient to the rules. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but that's crazy. And then people judge yeah. about that too, about the income of the parents. Oh, for sure. Oh my god. Oh, for sure. <laughs> There's judging everywhere. That's so sad. <laughs> so how do you have a chance to, I don't know, live a better life? I mean, I have a lot of my students because they, well, the kids that I worked with were very privileged. It's mm-hmm. expensive to have a foreigner teacher teach you English, um, but a lot of them have been abroad for vacations and they see their culture and they're like, there are aspects that I love about it, but I think I want to live abroad and I want to try this other culture. Of course there's, there's issues with Western culture as well, Mm -hmm. but I can see why they want to escape and be in a less competitive environment compared to Korea. Okay. I see. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But that's probably the biggest thing with Korea, like pretty easy to, as like a first place to move to, but there are these downsides. Um, Vietnam, on the other hand, is like the complete opposite. There is no, <laughs> there is no law and order. Um, okay. It feels like like Hanoi, where I lived. Uh-huh. It's an overgrown village. They haven't figured out that they're a city yet. The roads don't make sense. There's like a mm. hundred lakes everywhere, um, but the people are just so friendly and open. Um, I've been mm-hmm. invited to someone's wedding. I was just driving uh, on the outskirts and going to a different city, stopped by at a little shack that where they were serving lunch. I was having lunch there. The person was very friendly, trying to make conversation with like the smallest bit of English that they had. And they're like, oh, mm-hmm. my cousin's getting married today. Do you want to come? It's like, oh, uh, sure. Like what an experience. So I think that to me was such a, beautiful way of getting introduced to a culture they're just so open so friendly they don't think that people are going to take advantage of them they Mm -hmm. just want to have a good time and that's important to them and was it there where you mentioned um that the spiritual no that was here more oh that was Oh, that yeah. was in Bali. But it's that... very similar in that way. Bali pe- Balinese people are also very friendly and will, like, once you develop that relationship with them, your family, you get invited to these things. Oh, I meant the, um, you sent this in an email that science, if you talk about science, that the spiritual things matter more than actual facts. <laughs> I, I don't know if that's the Balinese people themselves. I think what we perceive as truth is different. Like I have a an Indonesian friend and he was telling me that his sister studied psychology. I was like, that's so cool. And he's like, oh, I can do a palm reading for you. I was like, okay, unrelated, sure. And he's like, oh no, my sister during her psychology degree learned how to do like palm reading and like, oh, yeah. And this was very recent. And like to me, that was mind blowing. I'm like, I can't believe they taught, like my university had underwater basket weaving, but that was like the zaniest thing that we had. I can't believe uh-huh. they're teaching you 
like they they were using that as a tool for psychology. Yeah. Huh. Interesting. But it's like I don't I mean in term I'm not a professional, but I would say that is not very professional. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think it's one of those Western mentalities. Like we have science has become the religion of the West, basically. Like yeah. we believe in science. Um and that's how I was before I got to Bali. Mm. And the more I've been here, the more I've understood that there are things that we don't know. We're always making new scientific discoveries. Mm -hmm. yeah. So I want to leave my mind open to that. I'm not going to, I'm not personally going to buy into palm reading, but if that does something for someone, like if that yeah. helps someone get over their grief, yeah, who sure. am I to say that that's not valid and that's not a way yeah, for no. you to do that? Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. yeah. So. so, and you and your boyfriend, um, is he also mm -hmm. an expat? He is also an expat. So he is, he is, um, Australian. So he okay. was born in Sydney, but then he moved to America when he was seven and he was in Connecticut and then moved to California. After graduating university, he went to Shanghai for 14 years and started a business there. Um, so we've kind of had that journey of living in another culture and kind of seeing the best of both worlds, which is something that we mm -hmm. really bond over. Yeah, yeah. No, I was say, wondering um, what language you would speak, but if he's Australian, yes, sure. English, <laughs> yes. English. Yes. Um, it's funny, though, because I speak Cantonese. My parents are from Hong Kong, and he speaks uh, a bit of uh -huh. Mandarin. He's, he's, I've never been to China. He spent 14 years there. I was like, how did I find okay. a white guy who's more Chinese than I am? Like, my parents <laughs> are going to be so proud. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> but I think that's part of why we get along well is he understands Chinese culture and that is a huge part of who I am and how I mm -hmm. operate. Um, so it, it's easy to come in together. We, we agree on a lot of values and a lot of ways that things should be done. Um, yeah, I think like a month and a half into our dating, we we're just driving around somewhere and we're like, what do you think? the judicial system should be like what do you think um prison systems should be like and we mm. both went on a rant and we were <laughs> very aligned on what we think should happen. okay yes. <laughs> nice. yeah, nice. yeah. since you um have a, the chinese background mm -hmm. would you say that helped you to um yeah living in asia and like bridge over culturally kind of is it is it a little bit similar in bali to the chinese culture i don't know if the culture is similar but i think because chinese background and then i saw all of my canadian friends with their type of culture i've i was a different person at home than mm -hmm. i was at school i spoke different languages uh -huh. i had a different personality basically. So I think that skill of adapting to my surroundings allowed me to mm -hmm. adapt to the different cultures that I went to. Um, I think that just seeing how different people operate, mm -hmm. I'm able to observe a lot faster than I think my peers. And then I'm able to soften to it and be like, you know, I don't 100% believe in this, but I'm going to do this to make you feel comfortable. And 
I learn mm-hmm. by immersing myself. Right, yeah. All right. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Thank it you was really fun. It's fun talking about this because this is the like a decade of my life. And I reflect on my own about it once in a while, but to have someone else who's never heard about this before ask questions, it, it's fond memories for me. Yes, so that was Erica's story from Vancouver to Korea to Vietnam and then finally settling in Bali. So, so if you have some questions that interest you about about moving or living abroad and you think that I should ask that questions to my guests, then please let me know and email it to me. Um, yeah, please reach out at uh, worldscollide123pod at gmail.com or find me on Instagram. And of course, if you think this podcast is worth a listen, then please leave a review that would help so much with new listeners so yeah and of course find all information here in the show notes and i hope you will tune in next week thursday as always <laughs>